Socialista Podcast, a collection of stories from Las Vegas creatives. My name's Brianna, and I'm going to be your guide to the city of Las Vegas, where I will be unveiling the stories of all of our amazing creatives, makers, entrepreneurs, and community changers. Welcome back, everybody, to the Socialista Podcast. Today is a very exciting episode. Today, I have with me Eric, aka DJ Wisdom. So, Eric, thank you so much for coming out today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So before we actually get into how you started out with your DJing career, um, can you tell me where you're originally from? I'm originally from San Antonio, Texas. Okay. Deep in the heart. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it? um, When did you actually move to Las Vegas? Like what brought you out here? That's kind of a long story, but I originally moved to LA to work in production Okay. and uh, hated it. Yeah, uh, that was what my degree in college was for, was uh, TV, film production. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had worked in the industry in Texas for a while, and me and my girlfriend at the time decided to move to L.A. because that's where, you know, the industry was happening. Yeah. Which ended up being exactly the opposite, because we got there and the writer strike was going on, and there was absolutely no work. Oh, wow. And it was back in 07, I believe. Yeah, so we landed in L.A., and it was like, there's absolutely no work, and it was so hard. We struggled to find work in production, so we both got side jobs. Yeah. And um, ended up staying there for about a year and decided to move back. She wanted to do her own thing after a while, and she was, you know, doing uh, bartending and stuff like that and making good money, and I was just kind of miserable and didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. And, uh was kind of up in the air what I was going to do, and I went to Coachella randomly Okay. for the first time, and I went by myself and uh, ran into some friends from Texas that I had DJed with for, like, years, okay. randomly. Yeah. Didn't know they were going to be there, and uh, it, was, it was pretty, I guess, just totally random that I saw them, and then... Uh, they asked me what I was up to, and I was like, well, I'm thinking about moving back to Texas, you know, I might move, you know, back to San Antonio, Austin, maybe, and they were like, no, don't move to Texas, we just got a house in, in Vegas, Oh wow! come stay with us for the summer, you know, see yeah. if you like it, and so I was like, well, I mean, I was, that week I was leaving, so yeah. I figured, why not try it, I had never been to Vegas ever, my sister okay. used to come out here a lot, but, you know, she would tell me crazy stories about Vegas, but I had never been here myself. So I was just like, you know, why not go experience that and check it out and see what it's like? And I've been here 10 years now since, so. Wow, yeah. yeah. So so what was that move like, especially since you said it was your first time ever, like, being in Vegas and you were kind of just, like, packing up and here you go. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was really crazy. My really good friend, uh, who also was a DJ, uh, came, he flew out to L.A. to help me out and, like, yeah. get all my stuff together and move. And he ended up coming with me to Vegas so it made it a lot easier you know the transition because yeah. I was kind of just like why am I doing this what am I doing am I actually gonna you know and then yeah. uh, I had um, I had been working at a retail store at the time and they were like we'll put a request for you to transfer to, to Vegas you know we have a flagship store there and and they accepted me right away so that actually helped a lot so you yeah. know that made me, made me 
be more confident in coming over here, at least having a job and Definitely. not just coming out here with absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so that helped a lot. And my friend coming to help me move and all that stuff, it was just more of a just get over there and figure it out, you know, and yeah. make it happen. So Yeah. So I guess what were your, I guess, thoughts or like ideals of Vegas? Because I'm actually new to the area. I've been here for about nine months. And when I first came here, um, I was kind of blown away because I literally just thought Vegas was the strip and that was it. Right. Um, so what was that like for you? Um, it was same, same thing. I really didn't know what to expect. My sister, like being the only point of contact that had been here, you know, out of our family, she would just tell me, you know, it's fun. The casinos are great, but she never really experienced what it was like to live here. Yeah. You know? So she could just tell me that side of the story, which was the casinos and all that stuff and the gambling and having fun and the right. nightlife. Yeah. So I already knew uh, a little bit about the nightlife from, you know, some of my friends who were from LA who would come to Vegas and they would work and do stuff in the clubs and stuff like that. And it yeah. wasn't really that, uh, I guess, it wasn't really that um, popular for DJs to come from LA yet. It just wasn't there yet the scene wasn't there yet but they right. had, I had some friends that told me about Vegas and they were like well there's you know there's a lot of clubs yeah know, there's a lot of opportunity <laughs> there so exactly you know so that's I guess what was in my head coming here more than anything was just there is work you know yeah just where is it and how to find it I guess and what that was the next step definitely I think that's what's kind of interesting because when you think of LA like you said it's kind of like the hub for musicians and creatives and anybody who wants to do anything like production you would think like there's plenty of work and you'd fit right in but it's um, very clicky. It's very, um, it's it's a very tight knit um, community when you get into the higher, you know, realms of like yeah. the. And I, I luckily am and very fortunate to have met some really good um, DJs who were very friendly and took me right in. And yeah, you know, they would let me come hang out with them. They were playing at all the really hot spots in LA, and like I got to experience that part of the nightlife of LA and be. Yeah right there in the DJ booth and learn from them firsthand, you know, see okay. how they were doing what they were doing yeah. and what, how they would say, control the, cl the crowd, let's say, you know, or whatever it may be. I got to sat, sit right in the pilot seat with them, you know, and watch them as they did their work. So right. it was very, uh, inspiring and it helped me out a lot to understand, I guess, how the West coast did, did their thing, you know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, is this something that you were passionate about as a child or like a little bit younger? Was this something you knew you want to do, like get into DJing or did you really fall into that once you like moved out of San Antonio? And no, I, um, actually my graduation gift was a pair of turntables from my mom. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like it was something I, you know, always had a passion to do. Not, I mean, not always. I was in a band originally, so I was okay. always involved with music. Oh, okay, yeah. Some, you know, at a young age, my dad put a guitar in my hand and taught me chords and would, you know, teach me scales and all, well, some music theory and things like that. So it kind of yeah. grew. And then I got into a band and did all that stuff for a while and didn't like having to deal with, you know, four other, five other, you know, people. Right. <laughs> organizing like, yeah, and exactly. time and all that stuff. It was, it's, it's just very difficult. And we did that for a while. I was in a band for you know, four or five years off and on and uh, realized that it's much easier to do it on your own as a DJ. Right, so. yeah, you kind of just manage yourself and, yeah. you know, that's it. <laughs> it. It had a lot to do with uh, going to the rave scene back in there was really big in Texas and I grew up into that, when, you know, around 16, 17, started going to 
uh, underground parties and stuff like that. And okay. it was something that really caught my attention was, you know, the DJs and how awesome it was, how they would be in control of the whole crowd and, you know, make everybody dance. And I was like, I really want to do that. You know, I think I could do that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that was going to be, um, c- you've already talked about this, but I was going to ask you if your family was supportive, but it seems like you come from a very supportive um, family. Do they have like a musical background? Totally. Well, um, my dad really is the musical, uh, I guess, stepping stone in our family. He opened the door to music for a lot of us and uh, not everybody caught on to it. You know, my brother and sister did tinker here and there with yeah. music, but I kind of just took in, took on to it a little more. Uh-huh. So I guess, I mean, really I owe it all to him when it comes to my music background, but my mom, not so much. She can't really sing a tune to oh. save her life, but <laughs> yeah. but she supports me completely. You know, she was always like, I mean, being the one who got me my first pair of turntables and stuff, she was like, you really want to do this? And, you know, it was more of a hobby back then. Yeah. You know, expensive hobby, I should add, but at the same time, she was very supportive about it because it had a lot to do with music and expression and she's all about us doing what we love and you know yeah I yeah. love that yeah so awesome. um your parents obviously were were all for it and wanted you to obviously like succeed and go after your passion but you said your siblings were kind of tinkering around with it maybe didn't go into that sort of career so how were how were they when you were like I guess going into this field of like I want to start like DJing at places and I, I think they didn't understand really what I was doing at first because yeah. they were a little they're older than me and they kind of were, okay. they kind of had already established themselves doing what they were doing in the uh, club scene or you know my brother never really went out to clubs but my sister did she was she'd always go out dancing she would always take me out with her yeah oh, that's nice. she would like sneak me into clubs when I was nice. 16 17 <laughs> it was awesome and she was really big influence on me uh you know going out and learning about the party scene and dancing yeah. and all that stuff and was something I loved doing. It was just fun, you know? So I guess they kind of were like, well, they didn't get it because what I was doing at the time was very specific. Okay. I was into a very specific genre of music, drum and bass, and they were kind of okay. just like, what is this? Yeah. They had no idea what, you know, the kind of music was or what it was about, so they just didn't get it, I guess. They were more into, you know, whatever they were into when they were growing up. They just kind of stuck with their own music, like, you know, new wave and yeah. like Depeche Mode and the Cure and stuff like that from back in the day. So they just didn't understand really or grasp what was happening. But then eventually, uh, when I started playing out more, they mm-hmm. would totally come out to anything that I was doing and support. And yeah. you know, and they they were like, "Wow, I'm actually going to hang out with my younger brother instead right? of the <laughs> like, other that's way the cool around." Thing now. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was always the other way around where I was tagging along with them and then yeah. it got to a point where they would start coming out and supporting me that that happened with our band too you know they would come out and support our live shows but it started happening on a, on a bigger level when I was playing a lot more out in the scene uh, as a DJ so yeah. they would come out and support as much as they could and it was awesome so that's amazing yeah. wow I love hearing that so to transition a little bit how would you describe your style um what inspires your work um I it's that's a hard question I guess it's changed and evolved a lot over the years. Mm-hmm. So I've done everything from you know, I started in a scene in the scene when it was very um, it was very clicky and it was very okay. it was very exclusive. Like if you were a house DJ, you were strictly a house DJ. I see. If you were a drum and bass yeah. DJ, you were a drum and bass. And it, the scene was completely divided. Yeah. When I first started, and I, we I mean I guess you could say we had rivals with the different cliques in our town and. Um, that evolved eventually as well when, mm-hmm. you know, we all started working together in the club scene and 
away from the rave scene, we all started working in bars and clubs, and we all started, you know, working back-to-back, basically, with yeah. the same people we were trying to avoid, because yeah. they were the house heads, and we were the drum and bass heads. It all became one scene, so it okay. all evolved into, like, everybody can kind of get along. We had rooms for specific music still. It was still separate, okay. but yeah. we would still play at, at the same places. So you would have a drum and bass room, you would have a house room, you know, and then eventually that ended up, you know, combining, marrying together as well, which eventually evolved into what we call open format nowadays, where you play everything from the spectrum, you know, to keep everybody happy. And yeah, that's so it's that's that's where I can I guess it's kind of hard to say what my style is now because it's everything. Yeah, it's evolved into being able to read a crowd and play what you think is gonna what they're gonna feel yeah yeah and then then adjusting and playing whatever else you think might and it it can go from r&b to you know a dance track you know to like an edm track to like a dubstep track like you have to be able to i guess adjust quickly and figure out what the crowd's feeling so i mean it's 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 constantly evolving yeah i i love that and i really appreciate that because i think like just from personal experience when you go out you're just like ah like it's a dj like he can do whatever i want and it's it's like not that hard or whatever but it's it's almost like from what you're explaining it's there's almost a psychology to it like you're really trying to feel like out the room and feel what people are like wanting at that time completely that's what it's really about i mean it you can be a dj that goes in with the mindset of i'm going to play what i'm going to play and and if they don't like it too bad Mm -hmm. but that won't get you very far when you're actually trying to work in the industry you know so right you have to learn to change your style up and adjust and figure out i mean even different cities have different feels to them you know so definitely la's got a different feel in vegas and vegas has got a different feel than texas you know in san antonio stuff like that every every city has its own style and you have to adjust to it so yeah um could you maybe explain like what the las vegas style is then like how would you describe it uh it's it's a pretty wide spectrum mm-hmm. like you have mega clubs here okay. where it's you know you go to see the DJ, you go to see the act, you're not there to mm-hmm. just hear music, you go to see Tiesto or Aoki play, you know, yeah. and that's what you're there for, that experience, is. Right. And, and they could play whatever they want, which mostly is big room house, and it's like, you know, like, which is just like a, you know, format for big rooms and, like, big clubs. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't know, I guess I couldn't, I want to get into describing the style, but yeah, so... Then you have the smaller level underground shows, Mm -hmm. which are more, you know, I guess genre based, like you have techno nights, you have some drum and bass nights and dubstep nights still and stuff like that. So, and then you have the bar scene and like the, which is like bar club scene, I guess you can say, which is mostly like Fremont Street and downtown where um, anything can be going on you know it could be a house night it could be a hip-hop night it could be whatever and then those are those are usually where you'll hear most open format djs playing okay in those situations because it's the crowd's constantly changing it's just all night long you got tourists coming in you got locals coming in you got all kinds of different people coming in the the age range is you know anywhere from 21 to 50 year olds coming in so it's just it's a wide variety of people so that's where I usually hear the most open format DJs playing, you know, doing their thing out there. So yeah, that's what I love about Vegas because I mean, especially with like the whole tourist, touristy thing, like you're getting 
so many different people from all over the place. Yeah, all over the world. Exactly, so, yeah. yeah. And um, I think that is nice because it kind of reflects in the community too. So not only are um, like the tourists, they're kind of all over, but um, the locals, it's nice to see that it's kind of like a cultural melting pot. Yeah. Um, that was like one of my favorite things when I moved here is like there's other ideas and people are doing things and it's just, it's awesome. Yeah, it's sure. definitely not... Uh, like any other city I've been to, it's, it has so many different facets of just culture. And, and that's one of the things we never, when I moved here, mm-hmm. I was really curious to what the culture of Vegas was or yeah. where the culture was. Yeah. Cause I was going to these nightclubs and it's like, you know, it's a very, um, I, it, I don't want to say non-cultural, but it doesn't make any <laughs> sense, but like you know, it's like a, a nightclub set up to be what it is, right? Yeah. And it provides what it what it provides, t- bottle service and the whole um, out in the nightlife being seen, mm-hmm. getting your picture taken and all that stuff, right? I mean, LA's like that too in, in yeah. a sense. But then when you actually find the, the heart of Vegas and you go downtown and you see how different it is and you see where the locals go and you see what they're doing, it's like, oh, wow, this is it. Like, the first time I can recall finding that was when... I went to the beauty bar and they have this, they used to have this event uh, called the Get Back every first Friday. Okay. And it was a bunch of DJs just spinning all vinyl and it was all like just uh, funk and soul. Yeah. And there was b-boys out there, like big crowd and people were break dancing and just having a good time. And, and when I, that was when I realized, I was like, wow, this is where the heart of Vegas actually is. Right. Not these big nightclubs you know, with all these people getting bottles, it's like actual people yeah, having fun and, exactly. and experiencing something on a local level like that was, it was like the first time I was like, wow, okay, I found, I found the heart of Vegas and it's downtown, so. Yeah, well, that was one of the things, like, when I first moved here that I, that I kind of, like, quickly learned. I was um, meeting with some friends from work and they were like, you gotta go downtown for, like, first Friday or, like, do this. And I was like, what, is, where's that? Like, what is that? <laughs> like, I never even heard of it. I mean, the right. first time I came to Vegas was when I moved here. And I'm, again, just thought it was the Strip. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, well, so many people it's think... It's gonna be awful, you know? So many people think downtown is the Strip. Like, yeah. everybody comes, they're like, oh, you live downtown? They're like, you live in a casino? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, no, I actually live in a house. But, right, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think definitely one of... Um, one of my goals is to keep exploring around here and just letting people know, like, the community is is here. Like, um, you know, downtown is such a wealth of people and businesses and people, like, wanting to make change in and Vegas. startups, yeah. Exactly, like, these, yeah. These young, young entrepreneurs and people with creative minds coming together. It's, yeah. it's amazing to see. Yeah. Sorry, you're getting <laughs> a little blinded by the light here. Sorry <laughs> if I'm not a... <laughs> Sorry. This windows... Um, definitely get the sun in them. yeah um but i wanted to touch on because i know you said you lived here for about 10 years now and you've been um when you first came here noticing the different um in the clubs like what people were playing um just in general um what are, what have you noticed um in change in vegas uh, as far as the music goes, or is as far as... Yeah, so both. Because so, from what I know, um, downtown especially has been kind of um, revamping itself the last couple years. So I guess um, musically and then in general, like just this area, like what growth have you seen? Oh, it's it's incredible. I've seen... I've been downtown for... I mean, I, one of my first gigs was downtown, so... Oh, okay. I've been seeing it evolve from, you know, three bars to what it is now. I mean, there's bar in every corner now on Fremont, you know? Yeah. 
and uh, I don't know. I I've seen it grow as far as um, not only just the venues coming in, but also more and more people from other sides of town will come downtown now. They feel it's more safe. There's yeah. like this. That's definitely one of the biggest issues. Was you wouldn't walk past. 7th Street back yeah, in the Yeah, that's what I heard, yeah. yeah. So we would get out of Beauty Bar like at 3 or 4 in the morning and mm. beeline it straight to our car as quick as we can because you don't want to get held up in the alley, you know, or something. Right, like, wow. Which actually happened to a few of our friends. So, I mean, it was pretty sketchy. A lot of, you know, un unsavory type of people, I guess you could say, at, at that time of night. And there was, a lot of, there was a lot of gangsters that would come downtown, yeah. a lot of... Uh, you know, a lot of fights. Mm -hmm. There's still fights, of course, but it was actually a lot worse back then. They would okay. they would close off the streets for First Friday, and kids would just congregate and just mass, and just there would be, you know, eighteen year olds by the droves all hanging out with their friends and cliques and stuff. So yeah. it's changed a lot now to where they've regulated that a lot, and okay. the police have, you know, helped. Even though when it first started happening, people were like, "Why? Why is this happening? This is." this is not good, you know, because it's change, of right. course, you know, yeah. but now people are slowly starting to notice that it's for the better, Yeah. you know, that there's more families coming down, there's more groups of, you know, tourists walking down past 8th Street now, going to the Container Park, going all the way down to 11th Street, you exactly. know, yeah. so it really, that opens the door to bringing more people in our area, having them come all the way down here, it's the safety issue, you know, it's like, you feel safe walking now, you can actually, yeah, well, on sure. Fremont Street, at least, so. yeah, yeah, on Fremont, <laughs> just stay on Fremont, and try yeah. not to veer off too exactly. much, exactly, yeah, people, um, I guess before Ferguson's moved, the, the, like, tiny home community, it used to be where the market is now, is right, that correct? correct, so I think, I was talking to a few people, and they were like, ah, oh, people were concerned that we lived here, because it was, like, out in the open, and, Kind yeah. of scary. <laughs> well, we had a little wall around us, but yeah. it was it was uh, definitely not as safe feeling as what we have now. Even though sure. us moving, it's it's weird. We moved one block, mm -hmm. uh, I guess north. Yeah, we moved a block north, and it's a little bit sketchier outside of our walls now. Uh -huh. In the wall, inside the walls, it feels more safe because yeah, we have, this feels like amazing. That right, atmosphere, we so have good. we have an eight foot retainer wall, so I mean it's that too. <laughs> helps yeah but you know at the same time when you walk out and you go to ogden street it's it's a little rough still out there so yeah. you know, we were a little more tucked in when we were across the street from bunkhouse okay so yeah. i don't know there's there's two sides of the coin i guess yeah but. i mean it's a city and it kind of happens no matter where you are totally. so yeah totally. um so we were kind of talking before we actually sat down together um that you live in a tiny home now um, what is that like? Have you been living in a tiny home for a while? Or? Um, I, we off and on have been in one, but we've okay. been permanently living in one for the past, I guess, like eight months now, I think. Okay. But yeah. So yeah. it's, it's a change definitely from yeah. the normal, but I love it. It's awesome. It really teaches you what you need and what you don't need in your life. And yeah, that's true. Yeah. You have to adjust and figure out, do I really want to buy this? You know, even if it right. comes down to a, a t-shirt or like, you know, yeah. thing, things that you normally would just say, oh, I can just buy it and have space for it. I have a closet. I don't, you know, so you <laughs> right, have to exactly. really make those decisions and yeah. whittle down what you need to necessity. So it's, it's an awesome learning experience. Um, 
and the community is awesome. I mean, that's aside from just a little house. It's, I have this whole community I live with, so it makes a big difference, you know. Like yeah. I have a big family here. We all take care of each other. We all watch after each other, you know. So that in turn, from giving up space in a house, is worth it to me, you know. Yeah, definitely. I love what Ferguson's is doing and making this like community so tight knit, and not only just inside the walls where people are living, but the whole of downtown. Um, I think it's fantastic, and when I first moved here, um, when I heard about Ferguson's, I was like, that's literally, like, the coolest thing ever. Like, you know, you don't have anything, I'm from New Jersey, we don't have anything like this in New Jersey. Like, people <laughs> aren't, imagine. people are not really, like, into sharing so much about their personal lives, and, like, we're saying hi to each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, very true. The New York City mindset, like, don't look at anybody, don't yeah. say anything, like, oh, totally. yeah. yeah. I get it. Yeah, if you, um definitely like moving here you kind of have to teach yourself like okay like these people like want to say hi like it's fine like you can say hi to people on the street you can smile at people like it's totally. not gonna be bad you know yeah um so i know that ferguson's is kind of like beautifying downtown and they're really like doing a lot with the motel itself so how did you first hear about ferguson's and like what brought you here um i mean it was kind of way before Ferguson's even was an idea, when I um, met a few of the people that live here, um, and in different ways, too. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I met Tony a few times just from see, seeing him out at the clubs that I DJed at. And yeah. He would come to the bars we would DJ at and yeah. hang out, and he knew some of my friends, mutual friends, so mm -hmm. that was one way I kind of started, I got not really hanging out with them, but just associating with them, you know? Yeah. And, they would introduce me to him or whatever. We, they would hang out, have shots, and dance a little bit and go, you know. And that was really it at that time. So, And then um, when the Gold Spike opened, reopened, I should say. Okay. Um, they re revamped it, and um, I had a few of my friends who, you know, were, started working with Downtown Project. Yeah. Who were in charge of uh, music directing and music marketing. They hit me up about maybe DJing there or maybe okay. DJing at some of the new spots. Yeah. So that was really, I guess, an open door for me to meet everybody as far as Downtown Project was involved and things mm -hmm. like that. And I met Brad Johnson, who is the uh, manager now of the Airstream Park, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, for, well, at the time. He was manage he was managing Goldspike at the time. Okay. He uh, asked me to do a couple events there. And we became really good friends after that mm -hmm. and um they did some changes in downtown project and brad uh guess got fired <laughs> from from his position at gold spike as the gm and not really they, they had to let him go and um they gave him this opportunity to run the park mm -hmm. this this whole idea of the airstream park started coming into uh fruition and like he was one of the spearheads for it so Tony really put trust in him to take that project on and yeah. Brad kind of invited me to check it out a few times and I met a few of the people that were heavily involved with what was going on and uh, one of them asked me to come DJ at the park too so nice. she kind of got me into my first gig there at the park and after that I just yeah. it all kind of came together and I just started hanging out with everybody and being here all the time helping out and yeah we uh, got invited to be the first testers for the park. Okay. So me and uh, my wife, Nicole, at the time, 
uh, and Sarah were some of the first people to be in a group that tested out the park. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Like, they, they were like, we have this idea. Yeah. And if you want to try it, and we were all like, hmm, I don't know. What is that? Yeah, exactly? like, what does that mean? Yeah, but we, it seemed like a cool idea. And, and I mean, it was awesome to be a part of the, like, first people to be here. And it's always been, like, you know, the, there's a few of us that are still here that have been here since day one. So, oh, wow. yeah. And I didn't live here full time, but I was just, okay. always, I was always here helping out. And, yeah. Yeah. Like figuring out things, like watching things get placed into, in pieces come together is awesome, you know? So, yeah, definitely. It's, it's really, I can't wait to see like what they have coming in store. I know some things, but, uh, it, if, if you could even imagine what it was like seeing a vacant, um, you know, RV lot become what it became, and now this whole new Ferguson's is just is just it's just insane to think about what it yeah. came from, yeah. And now what it's becoming, and we're all just as excited to see what you know what's next. So it's gonna be amazing. Yeah, you know that, so. definitely. I'm really excited. Um, so to backtrack a little bit, um, for people who don't really appreciate the craftsmanship into your work or don't really understand what goes into DJing kind of like that mentality oh well they're just on a turntable like they're just spinning it's like kind of easy what would you say to them uh, that would be like Brad Johnson <laughs> <laughs> when he hired me it was like all you gotta do is press play right <laughs> and it's kind of an ongoing joke yes. yeah he, he understands he just yeah. he likes to he likes to give me crap about it because <laughs> it's just funny you know yeah and a lot of people think that we do that and in a sense, it is kind of the basics of what we're doing, but there's a lot more to it. So, I mean, if for me, I don't mind. I don't really, that stuff doesn't bother me. I, yeah. Like someone, people that don't understand it and they're just like, or hating on it. I don't even bother, waste my time with it, you know? Yeah. But for the most part, people are interested and they kind of want to know what's going on. And, you yeah. know, there's a, there's a whole craftsmanship to it. So it's something you have Definitely. to learn over time and, you know, a lot of young people that I've taught coming into the scene and they want to DJ and I'm like, there's a lot more than just learning the basics. You know, you have to learn your style, you have to learn everything. So it all evolves into right. a much bigger picture. And the more longer you do it, the, the more you understand, I guess, yeah. how it all works. So Definitely. It takes time, really. Yeah, for sure. So how would you say that you either like mentally or um, even physically like prepare for a show like what goes into that um i guess it just depends on what the show is so okay. if it's you know one of my residencies where i'm uh, usually playing it, i usually have a certain format that i follow for the night especially okay. if it's a long night like gold spike i play a five hour set so yeah it's like there's wow. definitely a bone structure to my set where mm -hmm. i keep it kind of like that and then you know fill in different parts of it through the night but yeah there's definitely a solid bone structure that I keep because it's a very long set and I have to kind of adjust all night and figure out what's going to work and what's not so mm -hmm. I got to keep something kind of similar to kind of I guess it's like a pattern you know like yeah just to go to, to reference through the night so um other shows that are like on a whole different level like if we're playing a show for revelation so i'm partners with uh my friend midnight affair who uh together we're byra tanks we're a duo okay so yeah. it's a side project that i do and we play uh like big raves and stuff like that oh, for wow. the, you know and so we got a bunch of kids like you know three thousand kids in front of us or something it's a whole different 
mindset and we're playing for only an hour between the two of us so there's a lot more we have to think about in that little bit of time we have definitely to make you know so to to figure out what we're gonna do and the energy is completely different you know right it's, it's just a whole different thing so that mentally preparing for that is more of we sit together and we figure out exactly what we want to do track by track and where mm-hmm. we're going to take it. And if this doesn't work, where should we go from there? You know, so right. it's it's a totally different game than a five hour set at a at a bar right. you know, club. Right. A little bit more flexibility, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, and it's more it's more um, genre based. So it would okay. be more like a, a house night or a, I see you know, bass heavy night, I yeah. guess you could say. So it's not as open format at all. It's more right. strictly just one type of sound, I guess we're going for. Okay, yeah. definitely. So what would you say individually um, and then with your partner in Tanks, like what inspires that work? Um, I, I, I think we just kind of, I taught him how to DJ back in the day and okay. we kind of just clicked as far as music and yeah. we had the same ideas and we wanted to make the same type of music and we kind of just threw ideas back and forth and it, it just works. It's like mm-hmm. he's uh, quite the opposite of me when it comes to certain things and I think that helps and um, we can throw ideas off of each other and get some completely different things that yeah. come out of it yeah. but when it comes together it's pretty awesome. So that um, is my what drives me for that I guess is that it's so different than what I'm used to right and then for me by myself as a solo DJ or an artist or whatever you want to say I, I think my inspiration just comes from where it's always come from just getting people to dance and getting people to have a good time and you know hearing people having a blast and seeing a crowd of people making a move and have have a great time is like yeah. the best thing ever it's the best feeling and it's like it's addicting. You you right. see it and you you like want to have that feeling every time you play. Yeah, so exactly. it really drives you to you know really be the best you can and keep going, keep pushing yourself. So definitely, yeah. So um, from my understanding, since the music scene in Vegas is definitely growing, have um, you experienced any sort of like competitiveness between the different um, like I guess genres of um, DJs? I know you said that it was kind of some people were just doing house or some people were just doing like bass. Um, how the, like, how's that work out? Do you find that people are still kind of like, Oh, well, I just want to do my own thing or definitely. There's still, um, there's still those niche groups that are doing their thing and they're doing it really well. And mm-hmm. we have like, um, some of our friends who have a very successful techno night and it's, you know, strictly techno night and they're doing yeah. really well for themselves and they're, they've built a very big following. But I wouldn't say there's really that much competition as far as it's more just people are doing their own thing. And if you do your own thing and you do it well, then Mm -hmm. people will notice. And it's, it's, I think that helps the scene. It keeps it healthy, you know? Definitely. The competitiveness would come more into a lot of the DJs who play at the clubs and stuff like that, because those are like the gigs you get that you don't want to give up, you know? Right. Like that you need to keep to keep your career going. So gets very competitive up there and I haven't really gotten up into that realm and I don't really plan on doing it because I'm doing just fine with what I'm doing so it's like yeah I can see how it's very difficult for some of my friends who used to be friends who are DJing and they're very competitive with each other they're not quite what they used to be as friends but you can see that you know well they're they got to keep their business going so yeah and that's basically you got to kind of 
go solo for a little while, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, where are you playing more? Do you play more downtown in like that bar scene or are you like doing strip? Or are you all over? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm playing a lot more just downtown again, which okay. I really like. It's where I can do a lot more of my own stuff and, yeah. and be creative on my own. And, uh, I play on the strip still. And when you play on the strip, if you're playing at a club or in a lounge or wherever it may be, you will have somebody that is, you know, most of the time you'll have someone that suggests what the music should be and you have okay. a format that you should follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and downtown we can kind of do more of what we want and just kind of be, do, do our own thing, you know, so yeah. and not have somebody constantly trying to tell you what needs to be done or how the night should go. So, right. Yeah. So I do play a lot more downtown. Um, I'm still playing uh, a few gigs, uh, on the strip, Mandalay Bay and, um, uh, Del- Delano, which okay. is across from Mandalay. Yeah. Bay, so. Mm-hmm. so how would you compare the crowd then? Because obviously, like, I feel downtown is a little bit more um, intimate, more tight-knit, but how would you explain when you're playing at these venues? What oh, is it it's, like? it's night and day. I mean, well, that's because if I'm not playing in the big clubs down the strip, I'm playing more in lounges. Yeah. So it's just very chill, you know, environment. You're playing more background music for people to enjoy their evening and have, so, yeah. you know, sip on their cocktails and have some conversation. Downtown is just a party. You know? Yeah. It's time to party. Everybody comes out to have a good time. They want to dance. They want to drink. They want to get loud. It's way, it's a completely different scene than the lounge uh, clubs that I've done. So. Yeah, that's definitely interesting because I think, especially as an outsider, I'll call myself still since I'm still so new, and other people who are tourists, I think they're probably imagining when they hear DJ in Las Vegas, they're thinking like the people who play the pool parties at like Flamingo or whatever, and it's just going to be like crazy. And, you know, they might not really know what's happening downtown or at these bars. So how would you, um, like, I guess, explain to them like what the DJ scene is like or like what other DJs around here are doing? Um, I, it's weird because I have friends that play at the Flamingo Pool, mm-hmm. and then I have the, the, the same friends they play downtown, too, yeah. so it's like, it's just, you have to explain to them that downtown is more open to come as you are. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of strictly enforced dress code. It's like, you know, more of a lax kind of environment, Okay. and, you know, we don't have, like, big lines where you have to wait in. Well, Gold Spike does have big lines on certain nights, but... It's not the same, I guess, is as far as uh, you're going to a club and having bottle service. It's like you're going to go out and just have fun with your friends and, yeah. you know, just go dancing. Like, it's more of that scene than it is um, having to deal with, like, getting a table and all that stuff and spending, like, you know, a couple thousand dollars just to go have fun, you know, because you're right. at one of the biggest nightclubs in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's for me, I explain to them, like, downtown is where the underground scene flourishes, you know. Right. And it, there's, you know, other branches from that that mm-hmm. are in different areas. But still, like, I think that the underground scene definitely is, its heart is here in downtown. And when people get to experience that, they're like, wow, like, this is so much different and still a lot of fun compared to going to a big club to see, you know, some big act. So you can yeah. just go and not even... You don't even, you might not know who the DJ is or anything like that, but mm. you're having a good time and you're dancing and it yeah. doesn't even matter. You know, it becomes more of just the experience. So Exactly. You know. Yeah. 
Um, so where are some of your favorite places to play? Because it seems like your heart is really in downtown. So what are some of your favorite venues here? Um, the most recent fun time I've had was just a couple of days ago playing at Oddfellows mm-hmm. for a party that my, my friend Brock G throws. He um, got in with Soft Leather, and it's, okay. a, it's a party that is done in a couple different cities, uh, L.A.-based mostly, I believe. And they, you know, he's just really brilliant underground uh, DJ, knows his stuff really well, and he's he's really into the scene. So they, uh, I don't know how that transaction happened, but they got him to host Soft Leather here in Vegas. Okay. And it's just it's just an underground party of come as you are, people, you know, dress in bondage. It's just whatever, you know, goes. Yeah. And, and then there you got people in regular clothes too so it's not just that but yeah. it's it's a party where everybody's just there to have a good time right. everybody's there to dance and Oddfellows is a great venue for that because they have they have a little bar in the front and mm-hmm. then you walk all the way through this hallway and you go and it opens up into this big space where okay. there's another bar back there but there's a huge space with a stage and they have a you know big uh projection wall behind you too so it's oh, just wow. it's a lot more um than you would expect when you first walk in because it's a very small little tight bar when you walk in it's kind of everybody's kind of squished up and then you go to the back and it's just this huge party and it's it's amazing so much fun i'll have to go yeah you have to make it out is that on um going towards like i guess fremont east is that where that is um so it's actually in the corner of the ogden the big the big building the the big white building the ogden where you can live it's like these apartments it's Uh. right across from el cortez so oh, okay, yeah. If you were to walk up Ogden Street, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you'll run right into it. So you go all the way up, and then you hit El Cortez. It's right across 6th Street, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's on that little corner. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's such a strange little place, but it's <laughs> it's pretty magical. And the vibe is so fun. Everybody's there to have a good time. And the music's great. It's all underground, you know, techno, um, dance music, all, right. you know. Any like indie, all kinds of stuff. So it's it. it's just really fun. Yeah, I have to put that on my list again. Newbie here, so I'm still like learning the names of streets and like GPSing wherever no I go. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Just ask. That's yeah, I'm all. gonna have to like write a list <laughs> where to go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you could always ask. So. Awesome. Um, so, do you travel? Like, do you go back to LA to play or other other places? I have not been back to LA since I moved. Okay. Um, well, actually, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't say that. I have been back to LA for the first two years that I moved, I would go back to go visit, but I never went back to play is what I meant to say. So, sure. And I really didn't play that much in LA when I was there. I played at some very small bars in like, um, Silver Lake or wherever it was. And uh, I would just go out more in LA yeah. than I was playing, you know, cause I would just go to learn from my friends and hang out with them. Um, but I still go to Texas and I still play in Texas. So okay. I still have, you know, a good network of friends there and everybody still, we all started, very very young and long time ago and it's awesome to see how all of my friends are still doing what what we all started doing we're all you know so i still can go back to texas and pick up a couple gigs if i want or play with my friends or whatever it may be and have a good time so la kind of just i never really i guess had any drive to go back there and play i guess and it's it's very hard to get into the to the scene you know there too so it'd be it's like you'd have to be there and live there or exactly yeah. you know be a part of it to 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 dj there so yeah so i guess then what is it like playing um in san antonio or back in texas versus here 
Um, it depends, really, I guess, where I'm playing. Um, awkwardly, we played at this uh, venue in Austin for South by Southwest mm -hmm. uh, last year at a showcase for Caesars Entertainment, which it was really weird. So Caesars Entertainment had us play at, its venue, at this venue called Container Bar, mm. which was very similar to Container Park. Park, yep. In a sense, it was all containers all yeah. stacked on top of each other, and they made this really cool bar, and it was like an outdoor venue. They had a really nice stage and all this stuff, and it was so strange. Like, we all were Vegas acts playing oh, in Austin. Okay. So it was an entire Vegas lineup. That's cool. Playing in Austin at this bar that felt like we were in downtown Vegas. So yeah. it's so strange. So there's really weird moments like that where you can see how these cities are connected somehow, you know, in some strange way. Yeah. But then playing at other venues like the old venues I used to go to is, you know, and and play at before, it's it's just it's so weird, it's so different, you know. Yeah. It's just not the same, but it's still very fun. And it's like all these new kids, all these new faces, it's not the same people that I'm used to seeing cuz I right. haven't been back for so long. So mm -hmm. it's it's pretty fun. It's like a whole different um energy and vibe that is growing with the scene so it's cool to see it grow into what it is and it's I think it's really healthy now and compared to how it used to be it was there was only like maybe four or five places you would go okay. back when I started DJing you know or not anybody but just right where the scene was you know I say yeah and now it's spread out through the town there's all kinds of new venues there's all kinds of new amazing little bars and all these cool things popping up everywhere yeah. and it's because San Antonio revitalizes downtown 15 years ago. Oh, okay. So it's kind of a blueprint of what's happening here on a much bigger level because they, yeah. you know, it's a bigger city. But they redid their downtown, and it's it's amazing to go back and see all these cool places because in my head it's like what is going to happen here eventually. Right. You know? So yeah, it's pretty awesome to see. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens here in Vegas. Like I'm just seeing like, um, part of the, s the start of it, and, you know, I'm really excited to see what happens, but, um, so back to, I guess, like, traveling, do you have any places that you are, like, that are on your list, or that you want to travel to to play? Um, not necessarily, I yeah. think, I think that part of my career is kind of fizzling out, because I have a six-year-old yeah and I it's wanna, her birthday I, today and it's, it is her birthday Yay. happy birthday Sarah Yay. um and it's difficult to travel with her you know and I don't really like being away that right. long from her yeah and being or being on the road and doing that it's just so grueling and I'm not really young and 20 years old anymore wanting to do that you know right. so it's just I know that it would take a big toll on me and and her as well so I feel like sure you know, if I get the opportunity, yeah, I'll do it, but I'm not out searching, you know, constantly mm -hmm. searching. So I just had got offered to play in Montana of all places. So oh. uh, yeah, strangely. Okay. So, so things like that do come up and it's yeah. like, you know, I'll, I'll accept it if I, if it's a place I would be interested in visiting and seeing, you know? Right. So I'm not, I'm always open to it. It's just not, not something I'm constantly seeking out. Sure. Know? Yeah. Especially as you said, you have a six year old. So, um, what has that been like raising um, raising a little girl? And I guess um, not to say that DJing is an unconventional job, but it's definitely f different from I guess the norm per se. So, what is that like? Are you um, like trying to like show her what you do or? Oh, she was. Uh, she's already uh, had her first gig. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my gosh! I yeah. want to hear about it. So she. Um... 
she was always interested in what we were doing. I mean, she loves music. She's always been involved, obviously, with music. I mean, she's yeah. been surrounded by it her whole life. Right. And um, she just, out of curiosity, would come hang out with me in the studio and check out what I was doing and turntables yeah. and was very in intrigued by it and wanted to try it. So we, you know, had a little uh, learning lesson and she... Um, Got her first gig at the mountain, which is uh, Lee Canyon up here. Okay. And she played for one of the kids' events up there. Oh my god. Played gosh. all kids' bop music and so the set. Cute. It, was, it was it was amazing. Oh so. dang! Oh man, that's it's, so it's, cool. It's incredible because I think that yes, my job is definitely unconventional, but at the same time, her life is very unconventional. You know, she's living a completely different life than right. than the kids living five blocks away from her. Exactly, you know, and then the kids yeah. she goes to school with, she goes to public school right down the street, you know, and they, th these kids have no idea what Sarah's life is really like, right. you know, because she just, I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't, she's not like a bragger or anything, she doesn't yeah. talk about it like that, you know, yeah. but she, she did tell her teacher, she's like, yeah, we have an alpaca, and her teacher was like, uh, what? Yeah, right, like, this is like its own little bubble, like, people just don't realize what's on the inside, it's, it's really cool, and to grow up into that it's it's really amazing i think she's gonna be she's gonna grow up like equipped with like this wealth of knowledge and just oh like, totally yeah the experiences she gets to have is is just it's one in a million chance and it's just funny i mean i, I think her teacher thought she was lying to her she was like do you guys really have an opaca <laughs> after class yeah, she's like she's telling everybody you have an opaca. and i'm like yeah we do actually <laughs> and she's like okay <laughs> all right we'll keep that in the back of my mind for so, now <laughs> yeah I, I feel like her life sounds made up to a lot of people yeah. you know what I mean when she talks about what she's doing in her life they're like what yeah <laughs> you know, like, truthfully yeah I think for a lot of people just living in Vegas is like what the heck like, <laughs> yeah. no you don't like what are you doing right it's just it's so strange and it's very hard to explain but uh, I mean it's all true <laughs> yeah yeah exactly at least yeah. I think it is yeah <laughs> I don't know <laughs> could be a dream I don't know could be we'll see I guess that's amazing <laughs> Um, so obviously you're teaching your daughter, Sarah, a little bit, and then I know you mentioned that you were kind of teaching some other people starting up. Um, what got you interested in doing that? Um, I've always taught people, mm. like it just was something I did, you know, I've helped people learn how to do, uh, anything from audio to, to DJing to even yeah. playing guitar or whatever it may be, so it just came naturally and... I always have people ask me about it and right. you know they're like how do I get into it or what do I do and I'm like if you're really interested you know I can help you it's just I like to I guess give back that to people because I feel like more people should be doing that you yeah. know what I mean more people should be teaching other people a lot of people like to take their craft and do their own thing and kind of keep themselves to themselves mm -hmm. you know what I mean but for me I feel like everybody should be able to learn if they want to, you know? So it's yeah. just more, I've been teaching people how to DJ since I can remember when I first started oh, wow. DJing. So, okay. you know, I've helped a lot of people start out and get their equipment and then teach them step by step right. what they're doing. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I've done quite a lot of that throughout the years and it's just something that I love doing. It's something I love sharing with people. So. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's what I really love about the people who live here in Vegas because Again, people are thinking, oh, it's just Sin City, like, people are here to party, do whatever, they don't care. Yeah. Um, and Vegas is a very, at least the community is a very open arms culture, and people want to know your story, and they want to help you out, just like you with those other DJs mentoring and, and collaborating. So definitely as somebody who's still new, 
I really appreciate that and I want other people to see that as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's definitely what makes the community. It's the base of our community is everybody wants to help each other out and that's exactly. the way it should be. I mean, it's the most incredible thing is to see uh, one of the most recent person that I taught how to DJ. She's out gigging everywhere now. She's playing all over the place. She's yeah. getting gigs all over the place and it's just... It's, there's nothing more satisfying than seeing that. It's like, it's amazing to see her be successful because she wanted it and, you know, and then I, I could help her and teach her and now she's, she's crushing it. Yeah. It's one of the greatest things, you know? That's awesome. And again, like that mentality of like being happy for people when they're successful is, I don't know if it's necessarily unique to Las Vegas, but for somebody who's from the East Coast where it's like, well, I'm just going to do my thing, and I don't really care what you're doing, and I want to be the best, best, best. Right. Um, it's it's amazing. That's just the worst mentality for people. Is just I feel like that is what suffocates the scene. That's what keeps mm-hmm. everybody down. It's like, sure, you know, you may be great at what you're doing, but other people can be too, you know, yeah. and, and it helps when other people are doing what you're doing and they're doing it well too, it, it helps the scene and it can be anything from, you know, I've had friends who opened restaurants here in Vegas and stuff like that. And they're like, you know, another restaurant open across from them and their mentality is it's going to help our business because if they're doing their, their job and they're doing great service and they have great food, then more people will come, you know what I mean? So all in a sense, it's just more the bigger picture instead of just yourself and that's really what it's all about. Yeah, definitely. So when you're uh, mentoring with some of um, your friends or your students, people who are interested in um, becoming a DJ, you know, what advice do you give them? Um, I think the most important thing is to stay humble and yeah. to just work at it, you know? For sure. And practice and just you have to have those hours behind the turntables or the decks or whatever you're DJing on. And mm-hmm. there's nothing that will substitute time, you know, spending time learning your craft. Exactly. And learn your music, you know, what, you know, it's that that's one of the hardest things is that when people start to want to learn how to DJ, my question always is what kind of music do you like or what kind of music are you into or would you like to DJ? And then yeah. they're there. That's like a question. They're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't really think about that yet. Yeah. You know? And some people do come in knowing what they really want to do. And mm-hmm. that's different. But for the most part, when people are starting up, they're just like, I, they didn't want to just learn the craft. Sure. And they still haven't really understood. They don't really understand where that's coming from musically from inside them, you know? So it's yeah. like, what do you like and what do you want to share with everybody right so right exactly that's one of the main things i always ask is what kind of music do you like yeah and right it's such a, <laughs> it's it's such such like a, a broad term yeah but like come to think of it like i think that's um a question that we all like kind of know or know the answer to like oh i like you know indie or I like house music or whatever and yeah, to really then, like, think about, like, okay, like, what do I like, and then what do I want to turn into, like, a career? Right. You know? Yeah. That's, yeah. Another question is, how far do you really want to go? Because mm-hmm. it's always either, is it a hobby? Is it something you want to just do because you think it's fun, and that's yeah. totally cool, whatever you want to do. But it, if it's something you do want to turn into a career, then there's other steps that you have to take. And that's everything from, you know, are you going to represent yourself? Are you going right. to, you got to push yourself on social media? There's all kinds of things you have to learn as far as that goes. And that was with the most recent, um, 
student I had, she was very driven and she really knew what she wanted to do. And she had just moved to the United States months prior to that to marry her now husband, who's a good friend of mine. And he was like, she really wants to do this. And I was like, well, you know, where, where does she want to go with it? And he's like, she wants to play at clubs. Like she wants to be a DJ playing at clubs. And I'm like, okay, well that's, a now we lo- know. <laughs> that's a very long process and yeah. a long step, but after being with her a few times, I was like, wow, she was she was very intuitive as far as learning everything, and she took it very seriously. Yeah. Like, she would take notes. Like, I don't usually have students taking notes and things like that, so yeah. we're just showing them things, but she was very, very on it and driven, and she knew exactly where she was going with it, and, you know, we got her social media set up, we got her logos done, we got her, awesome. your, her press pictures done, all these things, and... It's just incredible. She's just going, she's going with it now. So, yeah. you know, and then I have friends that I've taught who have just had it as a hobby that they just right. love to do. They just, they, they collect vinyl, you know, and they, they listen to their vinyl, they DJ with it and things like that. And that's pretty much the extent of them learning how to DJ, which is awesome too, you know, so. Right. Yeah. It's this whole spectrum. Right. For sure. Definitely. So, um, the transition a little bit, what are some of your goals for your career? Um, like any short-term goals or if you have any long-term goals, if you want to discuss those? Um, well, I plan on phasing out a lot of the uh, long nights. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'm trying to do that in, in, in a sense where I would maybe like to whittle down how many gigs I take a month and concentrate more on studio work or producing or whatever it may be yeah. or my family, you know, or right. my daughter. And cause it's just when you play, I played like four nights out of this week and oh, wow. it just seems like you lose track of time after the you know fourth night. And oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I had to wake up for my daughter's birthday party today after, you know, getting out of work at four thirty in the morning from, from, you know, my gig and it's, oh my gosh. it's, it's very, it takes a toll on you. So For, I feel yeah. myself in maybe not the very near future, but close enough to where I'm going to start to find my way out of DJing so much, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and really concentrate on more of what I want to do musically. Lately, I've been working with a lot of, um, artists that live here in our community okay. and, uh, we've been writing music, just regular music, not EDM, like, oh, you know, nice. going back to my roots as far as, um, singing and songwriting and stuff like that, yeah. which I never really did a lot of songwriting, but I, I, you know, sang and was, played guitar and things like that. And it kind of brings it all back. And now I'm more, I guess, inspired to actually write songs and do things like that Yeah. for some reason. And I guess it's late it's like in my life. Full but circle almost. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it's very inspiring. A lot of the, the artists here in this community are just amazing, brilliant minds. Mm-hmm. And it really brings out that side of me that I haven't seen in a long time. So I want to get more into that again. And I, I have been actually. So I think whittling away at my nightlife life <laughs> yeah. will help with that. Yeah. And then eventually um, I'll be uh, running a studio downtown. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So that's, Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. It should be uh, interesting. Yeah. That's going to be uh, Ferguson's next steps too. So. Wow. Oh, Can't I'm really excited. get too much into that yet. But. Yeah. Oh, we'll definitely have to like keep up and see what you have going on. I'd be excited to come out and see your studio. Definitely. Be awesome. Um, okay. So I have three last questions that I like to ask every guest. So as I kind of explained a little bit earlier, it's my personal mission with Socialista, um, the podcast 
And my personal mission is to show people that Las Vegas is not just the Strip. While it's amazing, and it's nice that we get, like, the revenue and the people in from that, um, there's a whole community here. So how would you explain the Las Vegas community um, to a tourist or somebody who's an outsider? Um, I... I don't know. It's that's that's kind of hard because um, it's so new. It's so still budding, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's so many new connections being made as we speak right now. So right. for me, it's like I try to tell people there's a lot more to Vegas. There's actually a culture, and you know, try to give them a little insight onto what that is. But it's 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 still very hard to put your finger on it because mm-hmm. it's it's still so new. It's you still know? up and coming. Right, yeah. and and the scene itself, even as far as the music scene, the DJ scene. You know, it's gone through so many different stages. You know, a lot of the people that I know that are going to clubs used to be at hardcore shows back then. Okay. In the day. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's still very evolving into its own thing. Um, I, I guess I guess one of the main points I'd like to make about our com- there, that there is a community is that you know there are people that are out there trying to make it mm-hmm. and entrepreneurs doing these great things with these new ideas. People are scraping by with their pennies you know month to month just to have their shop open and get get their you know whatever it may be out there and i think just having people come see that is is the most important thing for me i'm like get away from the strip yeah come downtown yeah it's come downtown and they a lot of people are doing that now a lot more people are really and a lot of people that come to vegas that i know now that are not you know not, they don't live here in any sense. They just come every, you know, whatever, whenever they have a convention or, you mm-hmm. know, they come to town like once or twice a year. Yeah. They love to come downtown now and they want to stay downtown now. They, they got away from staying on the strip where all the convention stuff's going on, where it used to be that's what it was. You know, you would go to your convention and you'd go to your nice hotel room yeah, and suite and exactly. you would stay at your big casino hotel and stay have that, that whole experience. Right, and stay in that whole thing. Now we have a lot of people that are like, staying here for for instance you know they mm-hmm. want to come stay with our community and come hang out with us and completely away from all that stuff so i think just opening people's eyes to what's happening here on on a very small level but mm-hmm. just bringing them down here and showing them a glimpse they they, they, they become caught and they're like wow this is yeah. amazing and they want to come back and see Definitely. what's happening so yeah i think just just mentioning, just come downtown, just once, yeah. you know. Yeah, it just def- give it a try. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it definitely hooks you in. It's it's its own world, and it's it's amazing. Yeah, I'm hooked. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. Why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so um, especially since I'm still learning some new areas, and then people who haven't really explored downtown or the rest of Vegas, where are some of your favorite places to go or to hang out when you're not working? Um, you, there's a lot so <laughs> yeah. it's it which is awesome because I think before there was very limited options you know and we would still hang out in our neighborhoods and go back to the west or whatever but now we have uh, like the arts district for instance is yeah. amazing and there's a lot of great things going on there and there's great coffee shops makers and finders yes. Vesta um, these new places that are just they're all about community they're all about having their locals come and they, yeah. they really want to capture their locals and make make them happy mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. like they're more local driven than they are uh, tourist driven sure. you know so it's just more of a personal thing you know you go and you see the same people that are serving you they remember your name yeah. they, you know what I mean so it's it's great it's it, it's such a great community um, yeah and then we have 
Fremont still, which is awesome, which has changed a lot. Yeah. But uh, one of my favorite places is Latai to eat Thai food and hang out and just chill. It's such a great environment there. They have a great atmosphere. The people there are amazing. I mean, my really good friend owns it, but okay. and, and he got so he kind of was in before all the new changes started happening. He mm. like had the vision of what was going on. Yeah. And moved his spot to Fremont Street before all the new restaurants came. Oh, wow. So he got his foot in way before Downtown Project came into the picture. Okay. And uh, it's just brilliant, and it's awesome to see his business grow so much and do so well, because, you know, he's, like, kind of like my mentor when it comes to mm-hmm. stuff downtown. He's yeah. He really took me under his wing and showed me a lot and, you know, helped me make some big decisions in my life as far as staying here and what I was going to do and right. where I should go with my career and, you know, things like that he was always there to kind of push me in the right direction so I love going and seeing his place flourish and it's such a great place to eat I mean the food's really great if you haven't had it yet you should try it Latai is how it is yeah all right it's on my list I need to go put that on your list yeah exactly I'm gonna after all of this I'm gonna have like a big list of just like places to go from everybody I'm so excited (laughs) yeah other than that I mean like there's some local bars we love to hang out at where you can just go and get away and and kind of just hang and have have a few drinks with your friends like there's the Huntridge Tavern which is uh, around the corner of Charleston Maryland okay um and it's just this old like dusty bar you know Ooh. where it's dark and yeah it's just it's just a getaway you know and you can go mm-hmm. hide yeah <laughs> per se and you're right in your neighborhood still you know so yeah. it's it there's little getaways like that where we really enjoy being even you know after we get out of work or whatever there's you need to go wind down and have a drink it's there's the huntridge there's also um dino's dino's i haven't been there well, yeah, that's quite a place. So Dino's can go from anywhere from just having a drink to getting hammered and seeing karaoke all night. And that's okay, too. Yeah. You know, it's still a fun place Sounds to go. Sounds fun. It is a fun place. <laughs> I might get flack for saying that, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's a good bar. It's one of, the, one of the more fun places to go when you're uh, looking to have a good time late night. So. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Definitely. Those are all on my list now, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, last question before we wrap up. Where can listeners find you? On, like, social media? Where can they find your music? Um, Um, If you have Instagram, you can follow me at DJ Wisdom, and it's W-I-Z-D-U-M-B, Wisdom. Mm -hmm. Um, And on SoundCloud as well, it's DJ Wisdom. or you can find me through my email on SoundCloud, ericdcamacho at yahoo.com. I know that's one way to get linked on it. Or you can just go directly to my page, which is soundcloud.com slash djwisdom. And then uh, Mixcloud as well. You can find mixes on Mixcloud for me, and that is okay. the same thing, DJ Wisdom. So soundcloud.com slash djwisdom, I believe, is the... Uh, I'll have to double check that. Right? Okay, yeah, you can let me know. We'll put them in the description so people know. Okay, sure. yeah, perfect. Because yeah. I, I don't keep up with that as much as I should. Um, but then I do have a website, so it's just okay. djwisdom.com, which has yeah. links to everything. For sure, So that's yeah. like the main hub. Okay. I have a calendar on there where you can see where I'm playing next. Nice. And yeah. just a little bio and things like that about where I'm playing and... So Perfect. that's the best place to find it, I guess. Awesome. I will definitely have all the links in the description so people can find you and maybe go to your shows and definitely would love to see what you have going on in the spring. 
Cool. Yeah, sure. definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for taking the time out of your busy Sunday. I know it's your daughter's birthday and you were gracefully allowing me to interview you for like an hour now. So no worries. I really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Of course. Thank you. Turn on the radio and let my mind go wherever my spirit flows. My fingertips stole the thing that lights the ocean's undertow. That lights the skies both high On occasions where the past that bogged down our energy and only serves the enemy. Everybody needs a remedy for lower entities. Dwelling in the realm where we forget that there's a gate that intertwines with other minds, and you can choose to elevate your spirit just a little bit higher. The body will expire, but what difference does it make when time is a liar? Can always grow together, gotta know thyself. The soul is a library, every memory's a shelf. Don't study hard, study smart, gotta start somewhere. Quit giving away your gifts to anyone that doesn't care. Several levels, endless dimensions, and many perspectives. Bring it all together, feeling protected, we going high. just listening to Higher by Sonia Barcelona. You can find her music on SoundCloud, YouTube, and iTunes at Sonia Barcelona. Please make sure you go follow her on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Art of Sonia. She just released her new song, Whatever, which you can find on YouTube. All of her links will be in the description. Please make sure you support our local artists. And I would love to say a huge, huge thank you to DJ Wisdom for allowing me to sit down with him for over an hour on his daughter's birthday while we were recording. I believe he gave us some 
great background onto the music scene here in Las Vegas. So please make sure you go in the description box, um, check out all of his links. You can find his upcoming shows on his Instagram at DJ Wisdom. If you've been enjoying the Socialista podcast so far, leave me a review, will ya? I'm on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. I would love to give a quick shout out to Ferguson's Downtown for the recording space, Chop 808 for the theme music, and Abby Paulus for the graphic art. Join me next Friday for a sit-down interview with Daniel Park. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next Friday.